Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, everyone, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. My name is Tim, and we're happy you could join us today. The topic of our podcast uh, this episode is the uh, story of Jack the Stripper, or also known as the Hammersmith Murders, uh, a series of murders that took place in the Hammersmith District, uh, West London, back in the mid-1960s. the paper, newspapers dub the killer as Jack the Stripper as uh, his victims were all found uh, strangled to death and nude. The um, culprit has never been identified. We're going to talk about, so it's officially is an open case. This remains unsolved. We're going to talk about some of the suspects. Uh, but before we talk about Jack the Stripper's dastardly deeds. I would like to introduce, as always, my panel. Um, I'm very happy to be joined today for, this is our first podcast in 2017. It is. I can't believe you hit that memory thing and we've been doing this two years now, Timmy. Yeah, uh, later this So this is our first episode of our third season. Well, kind of. It was like mid-January. Yeah. We got renewed for another season. Did we? Or did we just keep plugging away? (laughs) Libsyn renewed us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Imagine that. Libsyn will keep taking our money. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Although, you know, maybe we're doing this, uh, going about this in the wrong way. Maybe we should ask for Patreon support to not podcast. (laughs) I bet we get get more support. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let me introduce our... Uh, my co-host, who's very lovely, very talented, the queen of mean, the empress of evil, the mistress of the macabre, Satan's dirty little secret, pill poppin' and penis lovin', Jesus. Brandy. How are you today, Brandy? I'm okay, Timmy. How are you? I am doing well. This is our first podcast of 2017. I'm so glad that we're... Uh, done with the Charlie Manson uh, podcast. Yeah, but are we? Because, you know, it looks like he's getting ready to kick it. Well, I, you know, if he breaks out and he kills 15 people, uh, we'll get some other podcast going to have to cover it because I'm done with Charlie Manson. I am over Charlie. I am just done with him. Jeez. 
tired of you know do you think dan rather says that do you think walter cronkite mm. would have said i'm that? tired of watergate yeah, i, I, I know i want, I want no more watergate no more no more of that yeah. no, no more, more limberg's baby I you don't know care what about they baby. probably wouldn't have but um regardless yeah charlie is uh, under the weather as as you mentioned he is uh, in the hospital and the hospital is like 60 miles from the prison i wonder why so they have to go so far you look like it would... because nobody cares if the prisoners get sick <laughs> well i know and but they've I'm got just their saying, own infirmary there maybe maybe or they just got contract with them you think or something it just seems like it's a long way they've got an infirmary there that then if it gets probably if it gets too much for them to handle you know they handle yeah. prison fights and those kind of stitches so ima- and that yeah imagine it's I mean, they, they won't tell you anything, but imagine it's somewhat serious if they move him off of... I would think so. Yeah. I don't think you move Charlie Manson lightly. No. You don't move that crazy-ass mother. And, you know, I, this is the one time we can't give our thoughts and prayers, Timmy. Nope. No thoughts and prayers No thoughts Charlie. and prayers. No thoughts and prayers to Charlie. Okay. All right. So, Brandy, you doing all right? How was your New Year's? It was very, very quiet. I uh, I see Noah is still protesting that he did not get a cannon for Christmas. He is, and but I appreciate everybody's donations and kind words. I'm surprised social services hasn't shown up. In- well, you know, it is. A, I, you know, you really should consider a cannon for the young man. He, he seems very responsible, five year old. He does. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't know when your house is going to get sieged. Yeah. I don't. And, and Yeah, when the Huns are acting When the Huns are at the door, you're going to be thinking, I wish I had a cannon. I, I probably will. When the zombie apocalypse happens, I will mm-hmm. probably be wishing that we had a cannon. Yeah. Right now, we don't get a lot of pirates that at my, in my neighborhood where we would need a cannon. Wow. And, and I actually think he wants to shoot himself yeah. out of it, but I don't think he understands the... <laughs> Implications, the implications, or the yeah. yeah. I don't think he gets that. That's a whole thing. Can you really shoot yourself out of a cannon? Doesn't someone else have to shoot you out? I have Tim. I don't. I don't know. See, unless you have something like a selfie stick, you can <laughs> a long match. I, I, I don't know. know. How do you practice that? Oh, well, I, I mean, See, what happens if you? I always wonder. I always have little brothers. For I you. always wondered about that about ski jumping. Like, who was that first guy? <laughs> yeah. said, you know, it's a good idea. I think yeah. I could do this. I think this will be an Olympic yeah. sport someday. <laughs> Let me okay. jump off the side Let's of the Yeah. No. Well, I'm sorry that Noah did not get a cannon. Well, uh, but and I'm, we wouldn't change the password on his tablet. Well, now that's just that's just being that's being a tyrant. Yeah. He knows the password on his tablet. It's not like we kept it from him. He knows it. He was just being a peckerhead. Well, we need to change it. I'm not changing it. Well, he he's probably heard about you know the, the Russian hackers. Yeah, and yeah, trying to protect himself. Yeah, you know. He, yes, he, well. he, he doesn't want them to get in and mess with his uh, Angry Birds or whatever it is that he. Yeah. Goat simulator. He simulates being a goat. Really? This is his favorite thing in the world. I had a woman. I met a woman. No. Okay. <laughs> I bet she did. Let me just say. I don't think it's Let's a story not, we want to put out there. I, we're all too young for that story. I would also like to introduce uh, the moral compass of, of the podcast. A man, who, a man that really needs no introduction. Uh, the most dangerous man in podcasting today, the very honorable Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm I'm good, Timmy. I had a I had a good New Year. I had a 
a harrowing day yesterday. It was uh, it was horrible. It was harrowing. Your first day back harrowing. to work is that why? No, to me, I, and I don't. You know, most of and, and it's going to come as a surprise to some of our listeners because I most of them think the colonel bold, courageous, fearless. What nobody thinks that. And I will, I will, I will tell you something personal about myself that I don't share with most people, Timmy. Okay, do that, <clears throat> Colonel. Hey, de- believe me, if you're sharing it on this podcast, most people are not going to hear it. <laughs> well, that's true. I'm definitely afraid of bridges. Oh, really? Definitely afraid of bridges. Well, you probably was uncomfortable during our jumper episode, wasn't you? That didn't bother me so much. But yesterday, Timmy, I'm coming home, and you know i got to go across the Western Hills Viaduct. That's here in Cincinnati. Right here in Cincinnati. It's on my way home. It's about uh, probably 100 foot off the ground. It's pretty high, 100, 125 feet, whatever. And it's a four-lane thing, four-lane bridge. And the car's in front of me. A car changed lanes right in front of me and hit the car in front of me. Oh. And which in turn blocked both lanes to me. Oh, so you were stuck on that. So I was trapped on a bridge. And by the time I got off the bridge, it's usually, you know, it doesn't bother me. It's a 30-second drive across a bridge. Last night, I spent 20 minutes on said bridge, Timmy. And I literally could feel, I had my windows rolled down. It was about 58 degrees last night. Literally. I literally had sweat running down the back of my neck. You had a panic attack. Yeah, from being on the bridge. I just could not. My hands were shaking. Um, You could have thrown a rattlesnake in my car. If a ninja would have jumped in my car, if ISIS would have jumped in the back of my car, it wouldn't have concerned me like being on that bridge. I was stuck on that. Makes you a little bit of a wuss. Now, I was stuck on that same bridge one time, and I had a uh, panic attack. And it was was, was just because the traffic was backed up. But... You're right. It, it's a bad place to. Have. And I learned something interesting over the over the thing. You know, my kids. Uh, you know, we've only spent four hundred thousand dollars or whatever for them to go to college. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said something about. I seen a picture of a pirate, and he had a little parrot on his shoulder, and I raised the question. I believe you raised is if you lost one eye, why in the fuck would you put something on your shoulder with a sharp ass beak to pluck out the other eye? I don't believe I asked that question. Okay. I've never heard you ask that question. <laughs> okay, well, it, it's an obvious question. Every time you see a pirate with a parrot in a patch, I mean, you got to wonder to yourself, why would you have the parrot on your shoulder? Because he could just pluck out the good eye. I have never wondered that, and I am deathly afraid of birds. And I've never wondered. I've wondered why it's there in the first place, but I never thought it would. Uh, a parrot is a pirate's best friend. Huh? A parrot is a pirate's best friend. Yeah, but parrots have big mouths. But my son, Taylor. Parrots be testifying. And yeah, and true. my son Taylor, who you know, we spent half of this two hundred thousand, four hundred thousand dollars going to college, said, "Dad, pirates don't wear patches because they lost their eye." You know that, right? I was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Mm-hmm. He said, "Pirates had to go. You know, they were up on top deck where it was very sunny, and they had to go below deck where it was very, very dark." He said, "What they would do is they would switch the patch because the one eye that had been covered." could adjust to the dark immediately, and the other eye took five, ten minutes to be able to adjust to the dark under deck. Okay. Interesting theory. Sounds to me like some smart-ass kids. I had to look it up on Google. He wasn't bullshitting me. He was right about that. I thought he was, because, you know, 
you know how I'll give an answer sometimes and with full confidence and and not know what you're talking not know about. what I'm talking about. I thought he was just making it up. It turns out to be true. Pirates wore patches because to run below deck and be able to run. And you know what happened? Women to don't make passes mm-hmm. to uh, pirates. guys that wear patches. Yeah. That's true. Speaking of women, Timmy. Yes. I got two things. First of all, I got to clear up. My mama and my sister, both my sisters actually, were redheads. So oh. I have nothing against redheads. Oh I just God. know how scary they can be. That's you, all. He made some offensive comments about redheads. I, I don't believe that was offensive. I think that was accurate. And secondly, you know, I, on another page, I won't name the page, somebody called me a sexist. <laughs> well, I, I feel like that's long overdue. I mean, call the colonel a sexist. Can you believe that? That's no. just unimaginable, colonel. No, and as if I would care about some dumb girl's opinion anyway. Right, right, right. You know, some, uh, some stupid broad. Some stupid broad. What, yeah. I there you go. go. Go protest somewhere else. I don't, ain't got time for you. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought that was offensive. I, it's bothered me ever since. Well, you know, you could apologize now. And no. Apologize for what? Exactly. All right. Are you ready to talk about this topic? I'm ready because somebody performed some dastardly deeds, Timmy. They we did. don't know who, but we got some ideas. Right. This is an unsolved mystery. But before we jump into the story very quickly, I would like to thank those of you who sponsor us on Patreon. If you would like to sponsor us on Patreon, please go to patreon.com slash historydweeps. And uh, there you can pledge your support. Uh, you can pledge a little, a lot, or, or just a wee little tiny bit. All of it helps, and we appreciate it very, very much. So big shout-out to Alicia and Chip, to Jen Moyer, Brandy McBride, Annette Petre uh, there in New York City, Elise over there in Norway, Leslie Hager, Amber Scoville, Jahara, Andrew Happ, uh, Amber Trevino, Mandy Swanson, Jennifer Siemens, of course, and her mother, Linda, and uh, Jennifer's son, Hunter. Thank you very much. We appreciate it, guys. Bridget Clavey. Bridget's been with us a long time, and we really appreciate your support, Bridget. Cindy Lou's been with us a long time as well. Thank you, Cindy. Um, Heather uh, Poole, thank you, Heather, for your contributions. Charlie and Allie from the Insight Podcast, who we're going to get to meet next uh, June at the uh, CrimeCon in Indianapolis. Thank you guys very much. And if you uh, get a chance and you haven't listened to uh, Insight, by all means, check that out. Uh, And uh, Jason Dykes. Uh, Jason, thank you for your very generous donation. And also Rudy, the Wonder Dog. So it was Rudy's birthday the other day. Did I mention it? Yes, we did a whole episode on it on the show. We did. Okay. Yes, and you we, weren't here. We don't get well, to do two. No, maybe it was in my imagination, but that's good enough. I think we ought to do an episode on Rudy. No, I, I think no. the listeners want more Rudy, less devil. No, you know what? I want to say something on a side note of things that make me happy. Mm-hmm. Sherlock came back on after like a year of it being off. Uh, okay. BBC, check it out. It makes me happy. It puts me in a good mood. I have Sherlock to look forward to on well, my DVR. Is there anybody hot on there? Does the BBC show boobs? No, no they Watson don't. is pretty no. hot. Watson, that's what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Watson, Watson, Watson's the same little guy that played a Hobbit. I mean, he's cute. He's a cute guy, but he's not hot. 
Which one's got Sherlock's the hot. maybe Korean girl on it? Uh, elementary, the one that's on yeah, the Yeah, I like. No. She's kind of hot, though. Uh, Korean Lou. women are hot. She's, she's Lucy hot. Lou. He likes him yeah. some Lucy Lou. Oh, uh, it's Lucy Lou. Is that who it is? Yeah. No. There's hotter Koreans, though. PBS, though. It's on PBS, on BBC on PBS. It's wonderful. Never had any luck dating Koreans, though. I'm sorry. Because they have standards? or No. No. No, I don't know. You don't think that's it? I, I, well, they <laughs> may have standards, but apparently... Uh, I've never dated a Korean. I, Shocking. I've offered him kimchi and everything. And <laughs> I don't know what kimchi is. So. It's uh, cabbage. Maybe, oh, okay. Well. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm, yeah, um, I don't think that But no, they're beautiful. Very, very smart. Um, but uh, I've never had any luck with them. So if you're an attractive Korean woman and... <laughs> would like to hook up with a slightly balding middle-aged uh, podcaster with uh, a pension coming up <laughs> <laughs> a healthy pension and minimal life goals and, and, and minimal life expectancy <laughs> inbox me please all right so jack the stripper okay hammersmith is a district in west london colonel i know you knew that well, I do know that, and I'll tell you why, Timmy. Because God damn it, who cares why? Bruce Springsteen <laughs> played his seminal show in Hammersmith. He had a he's seminal that, show? That's gross. He, he, he's using that. So gross. I think he learned that word because he's used that line like the last three podcasts. So he <laughs> must have learned it on Word of the Day. I don't think that word day. means what you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> it's like facials. Yeah. yeah. Watch your facials. <laughs> <laughs> but I do know where it's at because, yes, he did play. It's uh, Hammersville Odin. It's probably the most famous of his live concerts. Okay. Um, that's did, great, Colonel. <laughs> I forgot to give a fuck about that today. <laughs> yes. So Hammersmith, as I said, is a district in West London. I'm sure Lady Beverly knows. I'm sure she does. Where Lady Beverly located. knows all. She does. It's located in the London borough of Hammersmith and Ful- Fulham. I'm probably screwing up that word. Probably. So. Maybe. The area is one of West London's key commercial and employment centers and has for decades been a major center of London's uh, Polish community. By the way, Colonel, did you know that most of the RAF in the Second World War, well, maybe not most, but a great percent, a large percentage of the RAF in, in, during, world, during the Blitz in World War II was made up of Polish pilots. Mm-hmm. I did know that, Tim. Yeah. Of course he knew that. I know. Why do I even ask? Fucking Cliff. Well, I mean, they had a huge Polish population. Polish people. Well, no, and, a lot of a lot of them were escaping there, yeah. the Nazis. You know what the average uh, life expectancy of an RAF pilot was? I bet you know. 17 minutes, Timmy. Yeah, they didn't live very long, but they, you know. <laughs> never lying. so few have given so much for so many. All right. Back to my story. They could build a plane faster than they could keep a pilot. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. So back to uh, Hammer Smith. Um, I slit my own throat. It was the major transport hub of for <laughs> West London. Two London underground stations and a bus station at Hammersmith Broadway. So can you paint a picture here, Colonel? It's a lovely one, Timmy. Like me. You like the row. <laughs> Like many areas of the cities, of the, the city, Bob Ross of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> it's it had its problems with crime, including drugs and prostitution. Colonel, 
No, it was you, the it was the opium back then. I know you don't approve of prostitution. No, I think prostitution should be legal. If prostitution will be legal, aren't these women that we're talking about here mostly prostitutes? All of them are, yeah. If prostitution were legal, they could be working in a safe house and they'd all be alive. Okay. In 1964 and 1965, these problems that we were talking about included a serial killer, Colonel. Now, see, that's where you got a problem. Yeah. I ain't got no problem with prostitution, but the serial killing, that's when you're going a step too far. I'm a liberal, open-minded guy. Yeah, I know. 75 years after Jack the Ripper murdered and disemboweled prostitutes in London's East End, other side of town, a new generation of prostitutes learned to live with the ever-present fear of a lurking killer. You like don't that? they always live? Don't they live in fear most of the time? I don't think so. I mean, I, it, it's certainly a high-risk occupation for a number of reasons, but um, you know, they seem most of them seem okay with it. You know, I, I think mean, it depends on what kind of prostitute you are. Yeah, well, yeah, these are probably... You mean the kind for sex? These are street street prostitutes, so... Yeah, these are... These are higher risk than probably someone who's doing... Someone that you would call. Yeah, in, you know, is doing out call or whatever at the local uh, Days Inn. Wow. I was thinking La Quinta Inn. Man, that place, La Quinta sucks, man. I hate staying there. I stayed there at La Quinta in Indianapolis one time, and I swear to God... I was afraid to go out and get ice at the ice machine. It was just so shady looking. It was. So anyway, this Jack, talking about the killer, he didn't carry a knife, but he was every bit as lethal, claiming at least six victims to Jack the Ripper's five. And he possessed far greater longevity. Um, You know, Jack the Ripper, for all his dastardly deeds, that was only he only done that over a ten week period. He was almost a spree killer. Yeah. Whereas Jack the Stripper, as he would be known, here in the mid in the mid nineteen sixties on London's West End, uh, he operated over nearly six years. He would kill six women, and there's and the possibility that it was as high as there was it was as high as eight victims. There was two that um, they're just unsure if he was involved with or not, but could have been. So as many as uh, eight victims. Uh, so he outdid uh, Jack the Ripper in any case. But he doesn't get—he didn't get the pub as Jack the Ripper. He didn't, and he was more dastardly. Well, no, well, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure about that. Jack the Ripper disemboweled his... Yeah, but once you do something to somebody is dead, it doesn't make you more dastardly. It's well, if you disavow them while they're alive. Well, that's that's just rude. <laughs> it is rude. It's uncalled for, really. <laughs> it's, it's unnecessary. At the end of the uh, day, though, both killers uh, shared a common attribute. Despite a wealth of theories and assertions, neither of these jacks He's had an uncle. He'd get drunk and he'd call everyone Jack. Yes. <laughs> Someday you're going to hear you're not going to be able to live with mom and dad, Jack. Jack. <laughs> you're going to have to get out of there and earn a living, Jack. Billion. Billion. <laughs> <laughs> cannot no use the phone. phone. For you. No, you cannot use the phone, Lillian. <laughs> uh, 
Anyway. So, my house. Uh, anyway. The killer would become known as Jack the Stripper because most of his victims were found nude and posed in graphic positions. Uh, which was... Um, kind of feel like any time you're nude, unseemly. you're in a graphic position. Hmm? I, I cut... Kind of feel like when you're nude. Well, I don't know. You could be in a very modest nude position, like you have your hands covering your coochie or something. My hands ain't big enough for that, Timmy. Yeah. Oh, you have a coochie now. <laughs> my junk, Tim. Your accoutrement. My, yeah, my appendage. Hmm. <laughs> and um, we wonder why we get reviews saying <laughs> that we're In the mid-1960s, the area, this area of London, feared that he would kill again. Women live in women lived in fear that they had that potential to be the monster's next victim. Quite unseemly. <laughs> it is unseemly. All of the victims were working as prostitutes and died when their killer, dubbed Jack the Stripper, strangled or choked them during sex. Uh, Brandy. Yes. You ever get? Choked, uh, strangled during sex? Do you? Well, I, yeah, I, not as a rule, but... Like not choking on your own spit or anything, but like... Um, what the I have... Uh, I know there's so many places to go with that. <laughs> Nothing kills the mood like... But getting, you know what? what like and and I don't get, spit. you know, the, the Colonel... I'm a worldly man. I see things on the internet or whatnot. But yeah, what, you worldly. <laughs> there he is. We have Google. What is with just, it, it's become almost a routine thing now. What is with choking women? When you, when, when you, when, when they're making these well, movies. Depends, and, if, you ask my, if you ask my husband. Well, yeah, I understand that. Well, I understand your case because of, you're running your mouth Yeah, all the time. it just won't. But like as a While you're trying to thrill, have sex and you're talking about the lawn needing cut and he's, hey, would you shut up? But no, I'm just saying. Have you noticed it's gotten more demeaning to women? Are you speaking of pornographic movies? I am. I am. Um. I am. Oh, some women like it. I mean, I think some women like being. Uh, you know. I could imagine myself just wrapping my hands around the throat of Mrs. Colonel, while we're in the throes of passion. <laughs> Wait. I do is not see that. aware that you're in the throes of passion? Because <laughs> well, I think you have to start she's there. She's in the throw of watching Madam Secretary on her right. iPad. Okay. But, um. Well, see, that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. I just think there's some women who are into, and some men who are into rough sex. So Rough is one thing. Choking somebody is well, another I don't, thing. Yeah, I, yeah, there's degrees of choking, right? I mean, you can, you can do play acting or you could really choke someone. He was really choking them. The killer has never been identified, and the case remains unsolved. Several prostitutes were slain in secret and left on display uh, in gruesome displays of power and control. So he had this whole... Well, it's good he did it in secret, because had he done it out in the open, they'd have probably caught him pretty quick. People frown on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Like I said, he killed six women. Some believed uh, the death toll was higher uh, and was at at least eight. Um, 
but a couple of the deaths were quite earlier. It happened a few years earlier, and they had a different MO as the other six. So that's why they're not sure that um, whether it was six people he killed or eight, or hell, it could have been more, but at least six people. Six, could be six, could be eight, could be 27. Mm-hmm. But at you least six were victims or contributed to Jack the Stripper. And, well, and it occurred it's, in 1964 and 1965, over a 12-month period. Uh, and it was in the Hammersmith District, as I mentioned, in, in and around. I'm going to say this for Brandy because she's going to screw it up. Okay. It's the River Thames, Brandy. Not Thames. The River <laughs> Thames. Just so you know. Thames. Really? The River they, Thames. You hillbilly. You're going to tell me how to pronounce something? Uh, they were, the victims were all found without any clothing or, or, or with uh, very little clothing. Uh, over a, six, a 12-month period from 1964 to 1965. And that's, you know, it's that's only the number of bodies that were found. Yeah, and like we said, so, this is still an open case. So there's limited We may of, crack it before this podcast. We probably so won't, open. but there's no. a limited... I mean, it, it's really hard to get a lot of good information on it. Because He's setting it, his sights low for us. Yeah. Because it, it's an open case. So By the end of this podcast, I'm going to tell you who did it, Timmy. You, Colonel... Your part has a very interesting suspect. So I read I, it. I, I think perhaps, I watched a YouTube video of this. Yeah, thing I know. He's uh, his name was uh, uh, Harold Jones, and uh, he's an interesting character. He was a, a a child killer, and by that I mean he killed children, but he also was a child when he did it. Yeah, he was a child child killer. So child gonna, child so killer. So actually, what he needs is you don't even need to read your part now. No, no, no. It's a, it's a, no, no, no. It's a long, fascinating story. When he got out of... No, it, we won't talk about it right now. Let's, no, let's, I'm just let, telling you who he was married to because she's been on some other podcasts. Okay. Mythic, Mythic Jones, Mythic Jones, Mythic Jones. Some other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Okay. Mythic Brandy, tell us a little bit about the murders. The murders. The murders. Most uh, dastardly. So the first one was Hannah Talford. Hannah. Talford. I like that name, Hannah. Talford. I like Hannah, Hannah. Talford. Uh, she was Did she have any sisters? Hannah, I don't, like it Hannah doesn't say. Sisters? Oh. I know. Big old Woody Allen fan. Mm-hmm. She was a 30-year-old prostitute. She was born in... Lancashire. Lancashire. She was born into Lancashire. a Lancashire. That's a little long in the tooth for a mining family. You know, you know how you know what kind of accent that British uh, prostitutes have, Colonel. What kind? Cockney. Cockney. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, Jim. <laughs> I mean, really? 12, we're, was it? we're very big with the you know the twelve year old demographic, twelve year old boy demographic, right? Okay, so she was actually found <laughs> close to the Hammersmith Bridge on February 2nd, 1964. Uh, her naked corpse was discovered in the Thames by a boatman. Her stockings were pulled down around her ankles. Panties were stuffed inside her mouth, but she had drowned. And the inquest produced an open verdict, refusing to rule out suicide, however improbable it seemed. And several of her teeth were missing. You know, when people commit suicide, I don't think they stuff their own underwear in their mouth. Well, I'm going to might. just to throw everyone off. They might, but it just seems... Well, And maybe she was unconscious, but you know what strikes me? I, well, I'm guessing she was unconscious. I'm guessing if you if you had your choice of your last meal, it's not going to be your underwear. 
But if somebody threw you in the river and you was conscious and you was drowning, the first thing you'd do is spit out your underwear. You'd think. Yeah, yeah. so she was probably unconscious when she hit the water. Uh, the second victim was... Colonel, you should have been a detective. Which would have ruled out suicide because unless she think. stuffed her underwear in the mouth, whacked well, herself I, over the head right. with a boat oar... I think being strangled also the, kind of rules out suicide. You would think. Yeah. It's hard to strangle yourself. It is. That. It is. Because <laughs> about the time you get ready to get really Didn't do Didn't David Carradine do that, though? Well, yeah, autoerotic yeah, asphyxiation. Yeah, but he it was a rope. He didn't yeah, like was manually try to it, it was a whole Acme contraption. That, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> set up. And it kills me because he did it in Bangkok. And it was like, you can do anything you want in Bangkok for $25 with, you know, it's not, you know, there's 400,000 prostitutes in the city, yet he chooses to go solo. Solo. Cheap yeah. bastard. Is Bangkok where they got the, where the, where the, uh, sturdy built women are attacking people? No, One it's night Hong in Kong. Bangkok. Hong, Hong Kong. Kong. Okay. Hong One Kong. night in Bangkok makes a hard man humble. <laughs> it will make a, make a humble man hard, too. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Irene Lockwood was discovered over two months later on April 8th, 1964. She was found naked and dead in the Thames, floating 300 yards from the spot where Tailford was found. Another drowning victim, she was four months pregnant. Ah. Police, being the crack detectives that they were, established that both deaths were linked. A local caretaker, Kenneth Archibald, confessed to Irene's murder at the end of April, but owing to inconsistencies in his account, it was dismissed as not being credible. What a doofus. I, I did it. I did it. I did it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see. I and all these, I mean, all these uh, stories we do, they usually have at least one or two people who do false confessions, and I, I don't understand that. I don't attention, get, attention whore. Well, I guess you're attention whore, but you know, uh, the downside of getting a little attention is that you end up in the electric chair. <laughs> well, you know, but 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 you get that but last meal. But you get meal. attention. You do get attention. And you can, some you of it might sweet be sweet ass last meal. Well, somebody, some might say, you know, you get that sweet ass attention. <laughs> yeah, sweet ass attention. Yeah. No, you don't get that on death row. They keep you isolated from everybody. You don't you have no what? human interaction. I don't think. I don't think that's true. I think they. I think there's. I think there's time when they're out in the yard or when they're. Well, doing and there aren't they're there. Together. There are other people on death row, right? I mean, most. Yeah. Uh, so you have. You may not be in a cell with someone, but you're nearby. You can, you know. Well, you flop your willy down a cell and you don't know you pretty you much don't, that's one thing you don't know <laughs> no but i saw those uh, like those supermax mm-hmm. inside those supermax man they they're very limited what they can neither do. one of you have any steps in for the past hour so i like how they i like down. how they pass notes in prison when they're in a, on that string line. yeah oh. it's crazy i think we should try that here i don't think we could do it i don't think we, we this, can tax the carpet would mess us up we can tax we can't text. Yeah, we can't text. Well, let's just do that. So the third victim was Helen Bartholomew. She was 22 years old when her nude body was found April 24th, 1964, less than a week after Irene Lockwood's body was discovered. Mm, one less than a week, but that's okay. Uh, this time, her body was discovered in an alleyway in Brentford. It was this crime scene that gave detectives their first real clue. Specks of paint were discovered close to the body, which were determined to have been used in the production of motor vehicles. They believed, detectives believed their suspect might be a paint sprayer. Fucking paint sprayer. Or maybe it's just a car enthusiast. Lanny. 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 You're going to be living in a van down by the river (laughs) with a paint sprayer named Lanny. 
Well, Dave's going to get boy. tired of you. I don't think. He only think. works 20 hours a week at Pet Boy. <laughs> I don't think any of those things are going to happen. Yeah, that doesn't even pay for his heroin. <laughs> no. What the fuck? He ain't got no teeth. <laughs> really? I'm just That's, saying. Wait, so you all are assuming that being the person that I am, I'm going to go for a heroin-addled, part-time working guy that lives in a van down by the river named Lanny. You ain't getting no younger. I'm just saying. He's got his hair greased back. <laughs> he got his hair slicked back. Yeah, First he's of all, a redhead, too. <laughs> ginger. He's a ginger. He puts on that old spice. <laughs> You're both gonna die. High karate. Alone. Yeah. He's still got high karate. What is, that, what is it? What's the stuff? What's the stuff from Anchorman? Oh, it's not Panther piss. <laughs> yeah. We've talked about this before. I don't remember yeah. what it is, but yeah, eighty percent of the time it works. A hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Um, what is it called? Back God to the story. It. Oh, you know, hush up. I'm the director. Back <laughs> to the story. Yeah. Well, then Mary. I Fleming, need me a little director chair, a little director's beret. And one of the megaphones. Well, and yeah. one of those boards, snapboards. Yes. Oh yeah, I think. I oh, you need a clapboard, yeah. Clapboard. He already had to clap. He's already he got to clap. Yeah. <laughs> so when Mary Fleming 30 was discovered on July 14, 1964, in an open street nearby Chiswick, many local reporters, when many locals reported hearing a vehicle, probably a car. Most often they are, but it might have been a truck, may have been a van, <coughs> may have been a moped. You know, sometimes you can't tell right. between it's the truck. A vehicle. And. But not only could they tell it was probably a car, it was reversing down the street shortly before her body was discovered. See, that's suspicious when you drive your car in reverse down the street. Backwards, yeah. <laughs> it draws attention, Colonel. Uh, yeah. More specks of paint were discovered at the scene. Especially if you're on a freeway. It really draws attention. Sex panther, devil. Sex panther. Sex panther. Thank panther. you. Yeah. Uh, Fleming was originally from Scotland, so she was from the Highlands. She was Scottish, and she probably drank a bit, but there's nothing wrong with that. She probably had red hair. If she had red hair, she drank. And there it goes. <laughs> Francis yeah. Brown. You set him up, don't you? Francis Brown was a 21-year-old prostitute from Edinburgh, Scotland. Yeah, another Scottish lass. Franks, Francis was last seen alive by her friend, Kim Taylor, on October 23rd, 1964. Just over a month later, on November 25th, her naked body was discovered in an alleyway in an alleyway in Kensington. <laughs> alleyway. Alleyway. Anyway. It's an alleyway, mate. No. So here's, here's the thing. Let me tell you the difference. I recognize when I make a mistake. <laughs> Other people on this podcast, fuck it up and just keep on moving. Alleyway in Kensington. Uh, Miss Taylor was able to provide a composite of the man who picked her up as well as a description of the car he was driving. Kim thought it was either a Ford Zephyr or a Zodiac. Eh, well, you can't way. really tell between uh, the two. Uh, what can't. the hell's a Zodiac? <laughs> I don't know. I'm guessing it's some kind of British automobile. It's like a Pinto. No, it was a Ford. Oh, it was a, a Ford, Ford Zodiac? You wrote it. I said it. Right. Ford. I'm going to Google it. Go ahead. And so my maybe guess he's is a Zodiac it's probably too. like the Pinto. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is 64, so. It's a 65. gremlin. You know something interesting? Nope. Is that... Um, you could not buy a new model vehicle during the Second World War in the United States. Mm -hmm. It was 1949 before you could buy a new 
car. Mm-hmm. Didn't 19, I know that. Mm. 1940 to 1949, you, you could buy a new car. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. I like to I like to educate our listeners because the production was all geared toward aircraft and tanks yeah. and bullets yeah. and. It wasn't the same in Germany. They continued to make cars because they didn't want the people on the home front to suffer. They made the Volkswagen Beetles. Well, yeah, the people's car. But they didn't want uh, they didn't want them to microbuses. S- oh, this mm-hmm. is a sweet ride, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we're gonna have to put that on the. What page. is that? Is oh, it's a Zodiac. That's yeah, nice. Ford Zodiac. That's sweet. Got the fins. Jack's last known victim was Bridget O'Hara. O'Hara. Bridget was a 28-year-old redhead born in Ireland. Uh-oh, Colonel. Known oh, as Birdie, she was found behind the Heron Trading Estate inside a shed. More paint traces were found at the scene, only this time they were linked to a transformer mere yards from her body. They should have looked, when they was looking for the killer, they should have looked for somebody with the eyes scratched out. Well, which transformer was there? Was it Bumblebee? Was it Optimus Prime? <laughs> yeah. Come on now. Because this guy keeps fucking around with redheads. You know he took some. He's got something. Going so on. you're saying basically they should just, all the, all the redheads, they should just write it up to justifiable homicide. <laughs> no, I'm saying redheads. That sounds like what you're saying. No, I'm saying redheads don't go down easy if he took down these redheads. <laughs> now you're looking for a guy with one eye. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, there were signs that she'd been stored in a warm environment, perhaps as a result of the Transformers' presence. Because they mm. are very friendly. Well, Transformers are warm. Yes. In addition to the five known victims of Jack the Stripper, or Striper, as Tim has written here, people believe that there are two other possible victims of the crazed killer. That's a fish in a river Thames, Jack the Striper. <laughs> you know, auto, uh, spell check will not pick up a word if you spell it in a correct Here's way. an interesting thing. No. Wait, wait, no, no this it's is, not. This is just a quick one about Ted Bundy. Um, Ten words or less. His uncle was a... Uh, nope. You're state policeman over. in in some, in one of the states that uh, they had his found uncle the body. was Al Bundy. And, <laughs> no, his Correct. uncle was looking. They had found the weirdest thing is that they had found this body, but it was decomposed in one part much more than the other part. Okay. And they found so like half of it was far more decomposed than the other. I'm going to buy me one of these things, uh, Ford Zodiacs. They're, <laughs> they're kind of sweet. They're a sweet ride. And the body had tiny hair clippings all over it. Okay. So they were thinking he killed her and stored her at a barbershop. And, you know, the sunlight came through and blah, 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 blah. One day the, the uh, I forget how he was related, I believe it was an uncle, was walking down the steps of a cabin he had. Mm-hmm. And saw the sunlight coming in and how it filled up half the room and realized that Bundy had stored one of his victims in the basement of that cabin. You know when it would be a wonderful time to talk about that is when we do a podcast on Ted Bundy. But right now, we're doing one on Jack the Stripper. When you're right, you're right. Yeah. Thank you, Brandon. Okay. I'm just trying to... Just trying to Jack the Striper. Just trying to fill some time. You know, they originally called him Jack the Striper, but it did it was it didn't install fear in people. No, it didn't. It did not install fear at all, or instill it. (laughs) Install fear. I had to go to the deal. I had to go to the dealership to get some fear installed in me. That's right. Continue, Brandy. This is ridiculous. They put it right by the carburetor. Yeah. <laughs> you guys will be Joss and I come cruising in with my Ford Zodiac. I bet they'll install fear on that. 
I bet it comes factory. That's factory issued fear. Oh is what that man, is. I'm getting me some dice, fuzzy dice for this motherfucker. No, oh, yeah. So there was another possible, a couple other possible victims. One of them was Elizabeth Fig. Uh, her murder predated the strippers' official victims by five years. Yeah, that's the um, one. We said there was a couple that were earlier on. Yeah, she was discovered on June 17, 1959. She was a prostitute. She was 21, floating in the River T- Thames, dressed only in a slip. Her death was attributed to strangulation. What is really the purpose of a slip, Colonel? So they don't. So you don't slip. see their underwear through a dress. Yeah. So you can wear a sneaky dress. But why, but why, if you, I mean, why not let your underwear be seen? Because you can wear any color underwear you want. Maybe yeah. they don't wear that underwear. Way, Maybe that's you can why wear they black wear. underwear, white slip, a white dress. Nobody cares. You, nobody's nobody seeing through it. Yep. Oh, so they don't. They mix match. You mean they can mismatch? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Women got. I don't know. Well, instead of wearing a slip, a little out of out of style. Do you, uh, instead of wearing a slip, why don't you just wear nice underwear? Well, I don't think it's that they're wearing raggedy underwear. I think it's just they were devil. No, you, and slip in the slip helps create a smoother line, and yeah. Do you uh? Do you, you don't the women don't match wear your slips bra and your underwear anymore, every day? Much anymore. No. Doesn't matter I'm married. to you. No. <laughs> okay, I just because yeah, see you that's, know, a, those big, women that's a big turn off. There women. are people. There are when people women that are that like that. Don't match their underwear. It's a big turn off for us. Guys. You know what? Well, here's the thing. When you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Colonel, first of all, um, I, will not, I will not sleep with a woman that has yes, mixed match. Yes, she will. Renee owns 47 pair of black underwear, uh-huh. 47 black bras. And maybe five pair of white underwear and five white bras. Mm-hmm. I have. I don't know that I've seen other colors on her. Here's but does she ever mix, mix and match? I haven't seen her mix and well, match. Well, she's a lady. <laughs> she is a lady. Look, yeah. here's the thing. So sluts that wear the different ones. <laughs> yeah, it is. Underwear. So most of your dates. Wonder Woman underwear. <laughs> no, here's the thing. Because as we get older, when you're dating somebody, it's different. When you're dating and there's the possibility or whatever... Then, of course, you want to match because you want to look, you know, whatever. 
But, you know, after you're married and you have kids, and you, your priorities change. And let me tell you. That buying, is why you end up with Lanny. You know, <laughs> exactly. Let me tell you something. No. You don't take care of Matching your Matching bras and underwears is not cheap. It is not cheap. Well, Renee buys a specific kind of bra. Well, yeah, big old booby women, we have to buy a very specific kind yeah. of bra. My bra has to be able to stand up by itself in the corner. <laughs> Hers does. Yeah. And the, the, some bitches are like $50. I, yes. I mean, oh, that's I'll, ridiculous. I'll yeah. walk around and hold the damn boobs up mm. all day for $50. Mm. You'd do it for free. Let's I would not do lie. it for free. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, those it's expensive and you have other priorities. My Why husband can't you just do some my fishing, just fishing happy. line? What? <laughs> You know, well, just some fishing line around wrapping around your if neck. If you ran a hook through the through no, the I'm not there, saying that. No, I'm not saying penetration. No, but I, evidently you can get tape that will hold oh, them up fine. if you don't want to wear a bra. Yeah, or something. it's like I'm tape. sure they well, use I don't it. know even the women in UFC probably use that, right? Huh? The women in UFC they probably use no, that. this beauty is for yeah, women in beauty pageants and that kind of stuff. Well, like how about the women that fight? They use a sports bra. They have a sports bra on. Okay. Yeah, but you know. My husband's just happy to see me naked. I don't think he gives a flying shit. Because by the time we go to bed or do anything, my bra is long gone. And you know the other thing is, women, if you're naked, don't wear socks. Now, see, Please. Renee keeps her bra on until she is right about to go to uh -uh. sleep. When I'm home from work, this bra goes off. Renee, is, Renee has decided she, she throws it out the window on a drive home. I, I have been... <laughs> I'm telling she you. Is fight, she, Renee, dis, Renee has... Driving home in your Zodiac. Convinced <laughs> herself that she can defeat gravity. No. The gravity is not going to beat her. That is not how it works. Now, you don't want to be out jogging without a bra <laughs> on. But if I'm just wandering around my house in my pajamas picking things up, and what, there's no reason for me to have a bra on. What's more important, really, is a, a is big breasts more important to the uh, a man than yes. a big dong is to a woman? Oh, yeah. Colonel, your opinion? Um, I don't know other than Jessica Williams that women care about really big dongs. Why would you? Why would you call her out on that? Because she has made it a point to say, "Don't you know, show up on my house." You disclose a lot of things leader. about our listeners on this podcast that you probably shouldn't. Continue, Brandy. She is. She has stated time and time again, "Don't disappoint when it comes to that area." I see. Okay. So, what about you, devil? What? You you get all hot and bothered dancing somebody whip out a micro penis on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, what are you going to say? Now, are you even going to be polite? You know what? Here's the thing. Got <laughs> an early morning. Again, I'm married. <laughs> no, let's so, say you're dating. Let's say, okay, finally things get going with Lanny. Or, or your like uh, economics professor. Or your economics professor. Was your economics professor oh, hung? Oh, my God. You know what? Was he hung? We're talking about Elizabeth Fig. Okay. Was it microeconomics or macroeconomics? <laughs> so poor little Elizabeth Fig. As with many old unsolved cases, there is a discrepancy. Uh, another report says they stumbled across the body of a woman sat up in a small willow tree, her blue and white striped dress torn open to reveal her breast and some scratches on her throat. She had been strangled. Aww. I'm sure they probably wrote it off to suicide. Yeah. Maybe. Four and a half years passed before the discovery of the next victim with the skeleton of 22-year-old... Gwyneth Rees from Wales uh, she was unearthed during a clearance of the river. What the fuck you, is you this sentence? You can strangle yourself. Four and a half years passed before the discovery of the next vi victim with the skeleton of 22-year-old Gwyneth Rees from Wales was unearthed during the clearance of a river Thames beside garbage dump. 
I'd be looking for a fisherman. Yeah, they just found she. she yeah. I just tried to uh, strangle myself, and it's impossible to do. She was me. last seen getting into a van on September 29, 1963. She had several missing teeth and was strangled with a ligature. Ligature. Now, ligature. she this, have, this no, is what I don't this, get. This missing teeth thing becomes a, a deal because they they think it was because he, he was, collected trophies. No, he was forcing himself on them orally. Ow! Jesus Christ, how hard you gotta be to no, knock somebody's you, teeth out? No, but out. you pull them out. No, you pull out the teeth first, and then there's less of a chance of them oh. biting you. Yeah, you pull out the teeth, and then See, that was my question when they said missing you teeth. Flatten her head, missing and teeth? you set a beer on it. <laughs> her nude body was found in a dumpster not That's far sexist. from the Thames in 1963. The cause of death was difficult to ascertain, and homicide investigators later tried to disconnect both the murders from the strippers to series but today the better evidence suggests that these practice runs uh these were the early crimes committed by a killer who had yet to hit his stride so knocking out teeth yeah man what if doesn't that make sense jagged parts in there i dude i don't know i mean if he's pulling them out yeah he well like i said they think that they were doing they think that he was because he, he, he would also, like we said, a lot of them were found with their panties and that forced down their throat. Yeah. So he was like busting them, hit, bust them in the chops and then putting their panties you in You got to hit somebody pretty damn hard to knock their teeth out. And then forcing his... I bet he didn't put their panties in their mouth first before he know. forced his pecker in their mouth. I don't know, but it, it's not a good... There wouldn't be a lot of room. wasn't a very... Um, loving situation there clearly when so, a lot of tenderness not a lot of romance there when you the investigation the was managed by chief inspector john durose of scotland yard despite appeals to prostitutes for information on their kinky customers police were groping in the dark <laughs> don't uh, play on the words there uh, that's, a, that's a lovely really turn of phrase inappropriate there, thank, thank you there colonel uh, Inspector John DeRose suggested that the last six victims had been literally choked to death by oral sex. Removal of See, their teeth in... That shit can be dangerous. Re- well, I have to control myself. Because <laughs> yeah. It can't, can't be grabbing the back of people's heads no. now. Uh, removal of the teeth in four cases, lending a vague support to that hypothesis. You can only go so far up that road, huh? <laughs> It's a dead end. Yeah. Over the next several years, the police uh, interviewed seven thousand suspects. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of suspects. Chief Superintendent DeRose in, intentionally provided false information to the press in an attempt to force the killer to make a mistake. DeRose falsely told reporters that the investigation had narrowed down the suspect to twenty people, and then three. He did this despite the fact that it was not true, and the police were nowhere close to solving the crimes. Yeah, he was trying so, to... So, hold on. If he's strangling them to death with his with the Johnson there... Then why is there ligature marks around her neck? Then that... Yeah, number one. Well, and number two, that means he did have to knock the teeth out before they was dead. Because you wouldn't want to be trying to choke somebody to death with your with your donger there and have with a full set of teeth. That'd be, that'd be poor judgment, but that makes it even worse. I mean, yeah. that's that's some sick shit. Even though the press conference did not force the killer into making a mistake, it may have served a more important purpose. Uh, the stripper did not include did not kill any more women after the initial news conference. 
Yeah, because they told him they were, they were close to making an arrest when really they wasn't. We're on your so ass, stripper. Um, so a couple of the suspects here. Uh, number one suspect was Freddie Mills. And when you say number one, it's just... Just it's in on the page. Yeah, it's not uh, in terms of likelihood. Okay. Yeah, and this guy probably yeah. most likely was not the killer. Then why is he included on here? Because there's, there were a lot of talk. He was someone famous, and there was, there was some speculation that he was. So for 20 years, Freddie Mills was the, one of the best-loved figures in British sports. Crowned lightweight champion of the world in 1948, he was a colorful fighter who seemed impervious to pain. What Mills lacked in skill, he made, more than made up for with aggression and courage. It sounds like the devil there, doesn't it? <laughs> what she lacks in skill, she makes up in vulgarity. <laughs> vulgarity and crudeness and just pure pure hatred. Actually, I think that's a quote from one of our iTunes reviews. Yeah, <laughs> so fucking funny. You have to learn to laugh at yourself, Randy. That's all I do is laugh at myself. Uh, let's see. Uh, even after hanging up his gloves to become a club prom- club owner and promoter, he remained a darling of the media and a hero to millions. But some believe that Mills was also a cold-blooded killer. In July of 1965, a few months after the last body was discovered, Mills was found slumped in the back of his car in a Soho alleyway. He'd been shot in the head with a small caliber rifle that was resting between his knees. His family and many of his closest friends, who included numerous celebrities and major criminals, including the Cray twins. Yeah, he was cl- tight with the Cray brothers. There you go. Yeah, and so they that, were upstanding. Yeah, they, we, we almost did a podcast on them a while back, but I thought we did. We no, did. we were going to, but it was convoluted. It was it was a little bit too convoluted. It's kind of like Manson. You'd, you'd have to do a multi-part series on it, and I didn't. I wasn't oh, so it's intrigued. all about you. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. that intrigued and enough to do the story, but the Cray brothers were, what you know, me and they, they, were they were gangsters. And, and, and the gangsters? Gangsters in London, yeah. They're OG. They, yeah, they are OG. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, they convinced OG. he'd been murdered, but police ruled his death a suicide. There was speculation that Mills may have committed suicide because he was afraid he was about to be arrested for the Jack the Stripper murders. However, there is very little evidence that has been made public that links Mills to these crimes. Some believe the rumors were started by others, perhaps the real killer or even the police, in an attempt to put an end to the investigation. Yeah, I think someone, one of the police officers had mentioned to the press that um, they, they were looking at a former boxer. And then this guy is, like, famous, and he kills himself right around the same time. So it, people started speculating that he was... The one, but there really was not a lot of strong evidence that he that he was the killer. So uh, let's see. Regardless, after Mills' suicide, the murder stopped. The police investigation into the death of Mills was headed by Leonard Nipper Reed, the detective who Nipper would, Nipper, good old Nipper. Uh, he would later bring the Crabe twins to justice. Um, what convinced? While convinced that Mills committed suicide, Reed does not believe he was responsible for the murders. He claims that confusion arose because the chief suspect was revealed to be a married man and a former boxer in his 40s who committed suicide in mid-1965. That man has never been named, except, you know, by Timmy just a minute ago. Yeah. Uh, Always on the cutting edge on the ship. Yeah, you are. Who 
did I? What did I just watch? Was Cray Brothers? I don't, I don't know. know. Cray, they were, you know, they had a few things. Yeah, they were. They they were uh, notorious gangsters in uh, London. Oh no, I was watching Whitechapel, and they did a thing about the Cray oh, okay. Brothers. It was interesting. So now let's talk about security guard Mungo Ireland. Yeah, he's an interesting suspect. Well, I think he did it. Well, with the name Mungo. His name's Mungo. Yeah. Uh, A Scottish security guard uh, named Mungo Ireland, whom DeRose first identified in a BBC television interview in 1970. You know someone named Mungo, they got to be hung. Don't you think so, Colonel? Well, Mungo, you got to be packing. You got to be packing dong to be a Mungo. Well... He was identified in a BBC television interview in 1970 as a respectable married man in his 40s, uh, whom he codenamed Big John. See? Oh, Big he even John. Had a code name. Oh, yeah. Big John. Ireland had apparently been Big identified as a suspect shortly after Bridget O'Hare's murder when flecks of industrial paint were traced to the Heron Trading Estate, where he worked as a security guard. Apparently, the security guard's nightly rounds included the paint shop where at least some of the victims were apparently stashed after death. Yeah, remember those uh, specks of car paint we yes. talked about earlier? Shortly after the trace was made, Ireland committed suicide by carbon monoxide poisoning, leaving a note for his wife to read, I can't stick it any longer. I What? I can't stick it any longer. Might and, f- and finished, to save you and the police looking for me, I'll be in the garage. So you can't stick stick it any stick longer. Stick with it, I guess. But um, so the evidence against him, of course, was the uh, the bot, the paint, the car paint, because he was a security guard where and uh, for that garage, and he worked at night when these murders occurred, and did he did his rounds or whatever, and he committed suicide and left that uh, somewhat. Uh, Mess, unclear message why. Uh, while seen by many as a strong suspect in the killings, recent research suggests that Ireland was in Scotland when O'Hara was murdered and therefore could not have been the stripper. Do you think it's ironic his last name was Ireland, yet he was in Scotland? It's the epitome of irony. Yeah. Uh, another suspect was an unnamed security guard who was familiar with the area. Although the suspect name has never been disclosed, police know the suspect lived in the area, frequented prostitutes, and had a reputation of being rough with the girls, including choking them to the point where they would pass out. Yeah, this guy, I think, was, uh, uh, they never named him, but I think that uh, I read that he was actually a police officer. Well, apparently not enough evidence existed to charge this still unnamed suspect. Hmm. So so we're down to, we got three suspects, four suspects, none of them sound. Well, and all of them are dead now because they keep killing themselves. All of them are dead. Mungo's probably the most likely. But the colonel now has a story uh, of a man who lived in the area where these young ladies died. And it's quite interesting, isn't it, Colonel? It's fascinating. All right. Tell us about. I'm sure Chuck will fuck that up, Okay. Tell us about Harold Jones. Sit back and be prepared to be regaled by a fascinating suspect mm-hmm. named Harold Jones. Jones had served 20 years in prison for sexually molesting and t- killing two young girls when he was 15 years old in Arbitillery, t- Wales. After serving his pr- prison sentence, Jones settled in the Hammersmith District of London. 
For much of 1921, Abertilly was gripped in horror by the murders of two young girls in the town, Timmy. Oh. This really sad episode is perhaps made worse by the fact that the killer was a 15-year-old boy who was acquitted in a sensational trial after the first murder, only to commit another within days. Yeah, this, is a, weird, this is a weird story. So by he was 19, upstanding. Now, this is a thriving city. Yeah, so we're talking Artillery. 40 years before the... Uh, 1921. Yeah, 40 years before the Jack the Stripper They got murders. about 40,000 people living in this town, Arbitillery. Mm-hmm. Um, they were packed into its narrow street, and there was coal. There was mostly coal miners. Mm-hmm. And as in most South Wales Valley towns, the danger of working underground forged a strong sense of community, Timmy. That's good. And uh, that, and then uh, they also kill kill themselves a lot. Remember in Bridgeton? They did. Bridgeton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now this community spirit, though, was rocked in 1921 as the town reeled from the realization of one of its own youngsters was responsible for the two heinous crimes of perhaps some of the townspeople themselves had unwittingly played a part in allowing the second to occur. The devil eating a banana. We should do that on Facebook Live. All right. On the morning of Saturday, February 5, eight-year-old Frida Burnell of Earl Street went on an errand for her father to buy some chicken feet and spice at Mortimer's Corn Stores. Yeah, that's a cute little girl, too. Working at the store was 15-year-old Harold Jones. Jones was a well-behaved lad who was well-liked in the community. He was especially well-liked by his boss. Joan's girlfriend was his boss's 13-year-old daughter. Now, when young Frieda entered the store here, Harold was working alone. He informed young Frieda that the store was out of the feed that her father needed, but if she just followed him up to the next warehouse, he'd get her some. There you go. He's a helper. Yeah, so Frieda comes along to the next warehouse where it's pretty, you know, it's a it's, storage it's on warehouse. A, yeah, it's on a side it's street. It's all by itself. It's exactly. deserted. It's like, a, it's like in, a, in an alleyway type. Once inside, Harold brutally raped and murdered the eight-year-old. This yeah. is a 15-year-old 15 15-year-old kid. Yeah. Now, young Frida obviously never returned <coughs> home. Now, her father, Fred, gets worried about her absence. He contacts the police. The police start searching right away. Fred, Fred went to the shop to see if she had visited. He runs into 15-year-old Harold, and Harold said, yeah, she was here, um, but left for about five minutes, but left about ten minutes later. After his shift at the feed store ended, Harold went back to the warehouse, put Frida's body in a burlap sack, put it in a wheelbarrow, and dumped it into a road leading into town. Jesus. Yeah, and, it, and I mean, the weird thing about this, and you'll get into, is that the, the town did not want to believe that they wanted to believe it was like some stranger. They wanted to believe it was an outsider. They couldn't believe one of their own would do something like that. So anyway, local offices, they started speaking to the locals to see if they could shed any light on Frida's whereabouts. And they also questioned Harold to see if he could give any clues, but this was to no avail. Harold went to Fred Burnell's house to inquire if Frida had made it home. Harold, the, the one who killed her, went to his house when uh, told she was still missing, Harold went and joined the search party. Yeah, he's out looking, being uh, being helpful. Being yeah. helpful. Meanwhile, as daylight faded, scores of local people were out helping search the streets and adjoining mountainsides for the girl. By midnight, hampered by tiredness and cold weather conditions, the search was called off and resumed at first light the next morning. 
Now at about 7.30 the next morning, a passerby found what appeared to be a collection of rags on the ground in the lane running behind Duke Street. Instead, he realized it was no bag of rags, but it was the new body of a br young girl, Frida Burnell. Oh. It was clear that Frida had been subjected to a vicious, brutal attack. Subsequent examinations by the police and doctors revealed that she had died sometime in the morning of the previous day. She had been raped and been strangled to death. Scotland Yard officers were dispatched from London to assist the local police, and by the following Thursday, Harold Jones had been arrested and charged with the murder. A witness claimed to have heard screams coming from the shed that he had taken her to, um, and Jones had only key to this shed. But now you got to remember, Jones is dating the, the owner of the this place's daughter. daughter. Yeah, she's only 13. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a boyfriend-girlfriend type of thing. Now, more damningly, a handkerchief used by Frida was found there together with an axe, which was claimed to have been used in the attack. Now, Jones refuted all claims and denied this murder. Despite the weight of circumstantial evidence against him, he was acquitted at his trial on June 21st, 1921. He had all these character witnesses that spoke up for him and said, oh, he's such a nice boy, he would never do anything like that, including the owner of the Well, and the owner, saw, the owner um, actually testified that Harold was downstairs yes. working at yeah. the time. Yeah, he, he, he actually lied under yeah. oath saying that Harold was in the store because he didn't think that the kid did it. I mean, so, and, you, and you wouldn't. I mean, you wouldn't think a fifteen-year-old would do something like well, that. Well, and the thing, yeah, and and it's and they don't know that he actually lied because Harold was under there working, but he, he just stepped said, out. Mm -hmm. yeah, he stepped out. So he said, no, he was been down here the whole day. And because his view of Harold was he could not do such a thing, he was sure certain that yeah. Harold. And, that, and, yeah. and there was a lot of. Oh, they had a they had a parade. They had a brass band. They carried him down the street yeah, when on he his was, shoulders when he, when was, he was acquitted of his when first he was crime. Yeah, they put him like you say. They put him on their shoulders, and you know. Now, seventeen days later, so gross. The town was going to pay the price for this acquittal. Not everyone was convinced of his innocence, including eleven-year-old Flory Little. She confronted Harold on the street and told him to his face that she knew. He killed her young f friend, Freda, and that did not make Harold happy. She, she had balls. That little yes, she did. Balls. Well, Good they didn't her. know if she was just being a little brat or if she knew something. Or yeah, she, she was, was kind of taunting Kind of taunting him. Yeah. But late in the evening of Friday, July 8th, he somehow lured 11-year-old Flory, who had just lived three doors down, into his home. He attacked the girl with unimaginable brutality and concealed her body in the attic. One of the things he did to this girl, Timmy, is he got her and uh, jerked her over the kitchen sink and cut her throat. Yeah, and he had to let her bleed, bleed let out. Let her bleed out so the there sink. would not be blood everywhere. Yeah, it's <clears> gross. <throat> so he's learning. Yeah, now this time... And he's a 15-year-old kid. Yeah. Gross. This time, though, escape from justice was not going to be possible for Harold. With the body in the attic and his parents having returned home, he was effectively trapped. Still, he ha held his nerve and assisted police in the search of, for the girl on the streets. Because he's a helper, Brandy. He is a helper. However, the police started to conduct house-to-house -house searches, and when mm -hmm. their house, the Jones house came up, Philip said, Come on in. 
the father. Yeah, the father said, come on in, take Jones a look around. Jones said, well, you know, I got to run down to the store, and I'm going to just step out for a little bit. And uh, as the search progressed through the house, they found Flory's nude body. His father went after him and apprehended him on the streets. Yeah, and his father says, look, they found this little girl dead in our house. Now, one of us is going to go to jail. Yeah, guess. his father was like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, no, that's what his father was like. His yeah. father was like, nope, no, 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 they ain't hanging this shit on me, son. Now, Flory had also been raped and strangled, um, but there was now pandemonium in the town as the news spread. Jones was sent for a second trial, again at Monmouth, at which time he confessed. Remarkably, he also gave a second statement, although not written court, in which he admitted to the murder of Freda Burnell. He was, and the reason he did this is he was under 16 by two months. Yeah. So if he, if the trial would have gone on and he would have been found guilty. Yeah, three months was, later. Three months later, he was going to be 16. They could have hung his ass. Right. But he escaped the hangman's noose by virtue of his age. Yeah, he confessed while he was still 15. And he gave the reasons for murder as a desire to kill. And by all, you know, he, he doesn't fit the profile of anything because he had a good childhood. He was well-liked. He was outgoing. And yeah, no was, evidence of abuse or anything like that. He's a fucking asshole. Yeah. Um, he's kind he, of a dick. Yeah, yeah. He's a dick. He even bragged to the papers about how he outfoxed the police. He, I had only read of Scotland Yard men before. Now I'd seen them in the flesh and beat them, he added. I watched Frida's funeral, I played billiards, I ate and slept as usual. As to why he killed a second time, Jones said quickly, said, quickly as the lightning flashes, the demon in me had his power again. Is that how it happens with you, devil? You know what? First of all, let me tell you something. Lightning flashes and the demon has the his power in The people in that you? town are just as much to blame <clears> because <throat> the one guy lied for him, and I'm sorry, I mean, they had a parade for him and carried him around to their shoulders. Give me a break. Oh, they knew they was to blame. They needed to know that they were to blame. So he said this demon inside him commanded him to kill, and he did. He was sentenced to prison and served 20 years. He was finally released from jail in December 1941 after his 45th 45-year parole review, at which point he was paroled and he vanished. His incarceration removed him from the streets of Arbertilly, though it is claimed by some that he was to return on several occasions in later years. Chillingly, Jones was said to often return to the scene of his crimes. He would sometime would visit his parents' house, and the sound of him playing the organ um, in that front room would haunt the streets all of which would be empty as mothers kept their children safe indoors until he had gone away. It is known that Harold Jones lived in the Hammersmith area at the time of Jack the Stripper murders, but he was never questioned in the case. Now, he died from cancer in 1971, lies buried in the Hammersmith Cemetery in West London. One of the, the one, the Hammersmith murders officially remains open and unsolved. So, uh, Brandy, yeah, so this guy, this guy, this guy seems like a like, likely suspect. I mean, he lived, uh, I don't think it was in there, Colonel, but he lived, the first victim, he lived like three doors down. I mean, in the, in the 1960s or 1959, uh, Fig, 
he lived like three doors down from her. And then two of the later victims, he lived like two blocks away. So he, the, the creek was in the neighborhood anyway. Um, Brandy, what's your, your thoughts on the Jack the Stripper? I, you know, again, some of the police work is not up to par. Do you um, favor any suspect over? Oh, it's probably that dipshit. Uh, Harold Jones? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that guy, that um, Mungo, or Mungo, the guy that... Mungo? Yeah, the the security guard that also had access to the garage where they found the paint, that's... You think he's a good suspect? Yeah, except I don't know the time frame when they're saying he was out of the country when one of the crimes were committed, but... With this uh, Harold Jones character in the neighborhood, he kind of disappeared, and they kind of came and went. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> he was. You never pretty... knew where Harold was, yeah. and it's interesting that the police never questioned him. Yeah, and he he was you know they like you said they I think Brandy you mentioned they they interviewed seven thousand suspects, but you know they didn't have really a good database or anything I to know. track people, so he wasn't one of the ones of the seven thousand that they interviewed. But had they known he lived in that area at the time. He would seem like he would go right you up would to hope. the. You think he'd go right up to the top of the, uh, the suspect list? How about you, Colonel? Who? Oh, I think it was. Uh, I think it was Harold. Yeah, a creepy guy. Yeah. Creepy guy. Because he was a guy <coughs> who just liked killing. Yeah, yeah, from an early age. Yeah, I mean, if he was, now you think about it, kids. A kid's they said he enough. was a model prisoner, prisoner though when he was in prison. Well, he was a model citizen before yeah, he killed the kids. He would though. never, he would never uh, talk to psychiatrists or anything though in prison. And well, said no, because he, he, he had it together. Well, they said that he never dealt with any of his issues, and he just kind of, you know, did what he was the minimum of what he was expected to do, and eventually he got paroled. But you know they let out he he went in as a kid a kid who killed and when he got out he was he was married for a while and to Mrs. Mrs. Jones Mrs. Jones Mrs. Jones. No. Jones and he died 1971 of cancer okay um, I don't feel bad about that any final thoughts on Jack the Stripper Brandy no I don't Ch- feel bad that he died yeah I don't either Brand- uh, Chuck any final thoughts unoriginal name I thought they could have done better uh, then Jack the, yeah it, you know the ripper and it gets used a lot though on the yeah but you're knocking out people's teeth and choking them to death with your pecker i mean they could come up with something well, they, like it was called the hammersmith nude murders that wasn't very creative wait the, the pecker killer the johnson strangler yeah, we've been good the johnsonville strangler the johnsonville strangler okay yeah. colonel i mean think about that you would have to you would have to knock all the teeth out i mean you couldn't and and if he, they said he's choking him to death like that, but then they got rope marks around the neck. So, does he? I guess the only thing you could come to the conclusion, if I were the detective on this case, is that he was strangling them. If you were the dick. Were, if I was the top dick on uh, this. Well. Um, he was strangling them till, if you think about it, he'd have to strangle them till they were unconscious. Then he would finish them off that way but he couldn't do that while they were conscious seems like a lot of work to me i can never be a serial killer Mm -hmm. and plus you know you you how i mean what do you okay mr mr johnson now you're gonna need to whip it out we're gonna need to see if it's big enough to strangle somebody with 
Colonel. Yeah, that's where it would come in handy to have a tiny one, Tim. Having the micro penis would get you off the hook on this. And Brandy, I don't think so. Brandy, is there any chance that he'll ever get to shout outs? No. I don't think so because I think as soon as you prove he has a micro penis, you prove that there's some rage. Yeah. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, there's, there's nothing more, uh, nothing that will create rage in a man and in a woman than a micro penis. Oh yeah, a surprise micro penis. Yeah. Surpri- yeah, you should never surprise people. Well, with a, a man should never be surprised if he has a micro penis, but a woman yeah. sometimes may be surprised. Okay, Colonel, Maybe shout shocked. outs. Okay, let's let's start our shout outs. Of course, we got Tasha, lovely Tasha, and lovely. Miss Ophelia out there in California. And apparently Tasha's a tall lady because she said in China she could take on those Amazon women. Cool. Um, Jeff Girdley. Yeah. Sam Hildebrand. Of course, Jennifer and Linda. We covered them before, but we'll give them one more. Missy Dean Horton. Britt and Chris. Celine, of course. Dr. Jeff Chestnut. And Don, his lovely wife. And Don Chestnut. Um, Teresa Slavin. Tommy, of course, Boomer Shine. Um, Olivia Meyer, Shonda and Larry, um, Colton, Phyllis Munson, Aaron Wentz, Donna Curran, um, the Trowbridges, all three of them, mm-hmm. um, Linda Clark and Diane. Let's see who we got. Of course, the lovely Katja, Kate McCarthy, Bridget Clavey, Byron Snellings, Denny McNamara. Yes, from Norwood, Ohio. William Truax, lovely Amber Crew, Gina Spillane, I'm sorry, Trixie, Stephanie Quick, Sydney and Michael, Jamie Tarantino, uh, Laura O'Reilly, Gabby Lewis, John Cunningham, Tara. Bond. Gene Bond. Lydia. Um, new listener, Timmy, new to the group at least, Neil Eagleton. Welcome, Neil. Um, and Natasha Davis. And welcome, Natasha. And Robin Sanchez. She's been around the group a little bit, I believe. Uh, how you doing, Robin? Um, TJ Youngblood. Hey, TJ. Thomas Tui. Nicholas Starr. Steve Miller. Angie Drake. Uh, hey, Angie. Angie Drake wanted to know why you said she would write letters to charlie manson yeah because just, tim shuts off shoots i'm off just his mouth. messing with you angie yeah we wouldn't do that yeah they would yeah he would becky mitchell keith frusty and cheryl she told me how to pronounce her name i said must go must it's like must go Cheryl must go andy volley marvin hammond and mary ray Jeff Appel, Maggie Glover, Brandy McBride, Christine Bourgeois. There we go. Hmm, 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 hmm. Let's see, Timmy. Kelsey Fro, Amber Anderson, Danielle Fredrickson, Christian Dormer, Emmy, Little Emmy Waterfall. Hey, Emmy. Susan Angles, Kristen Davidson, Don Gordon, John Gray, Dave Hill. And, uh, hey, while you're in the kitchen, Katie, could you bring me... Moorhead. Katie Moorhead, how you doing? Jesus. Never gets old, does it? Mm, it's you know, to. we go to the grocery store, 
and I, I maybe I've said this before. <laughs> Probably. But if any of my, me or my boys are in a grocery store with Renee and we get to the produce section, we got to grab a kiwi and a banana. We got to grab one and say, hey, hey, Nene, look at this. And she never laughs. Yeah. Never, ever laugh. And then, you know, I'll wait till she gets like 10 it's feet away. It's shocking that she would never laugh. But, you know, it's funny stuff because you get like 10 feet away from her and you pick up some cantaloupes and you say, you're like, Nay, how you like these melons? These melons okay? Should I get these melons? These melons seem firm enough? It seems like your your kids shouldn't be doing that. That seems odd. Oh, we have a good time at the grocery oh, store. Oh, clearly. So, uh, Kate McCarthy, Weirdo. did I get her? Yep. And lovely Katja. Rebecca Montanle, Mike Eisenhower, Danielle Fredrickson, Andy Sparacho, Toby Deese. Nancy Palomino, Jalapeno, Palomino. Hey, Nancy. Nancy got a big week coming up. Um, her husband's a, a huge uh, Raiders fan. She's a huge Chiefs fan. Yeah, Raiders I are say, in Now, I already spot. said go Chiefs, so I can say this. They're both going to be gone after the first week. Yeah, they don't have a – Raiders don't have a quarterback. They're in a tough spot. Kim Kazmersky Kamikaze, Tara Chinchilla. Jennifer Hawkins, Sonyana, Eddie Rushing, Yoel Handler, Sammy James, Jason Dykes, my buddy, Amy Carol Payne. Jason and I are Facebook friends, and he put posts some of the funniest shit. Mm -hmm. really he funny. does post funny stuff. Yes, but and none of it indicates that him and Chuck are friends. No, nah, I don't think he was friends with Chuck. Who would? We are friends. All right, Jason, me and Jason. Okay. All right. All right. If it makes you feel better. very funny, guy, Jason, I really like your post. Really cool. We're friends. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. We That's believe you, Colonel. That's all I'm saying. Jeez. Tyra Jenkins. Not a chance in hell. No. <clears throat> Alan Dobbs. Sounds desperate. George Huckler. <laughs> Colleen Madison. Annette Pitre. Uh, from the Bronx. From the Bronx. Steph Glenn. Christina Hodgins. Christine Montana. Maria Barbara, Jennifer Potts, Sydney Hamilton, Paul Mampilli, Mike Arnold, Brittany Powell, Heather Hall, Heather Poole, Andaza, Jeff Hopkins, Mike Tabor, Lise, Terry Helmsley, Heather Marshall, Maddie Kennan, Amelia Roscoe, Michael Daniel, Jim Moore, of course, uh, lovely Liz Evans, Jessica Bishop, Brenda Deutsch, Stacy Lynn, Jeffrey Dolan, Miriam Buckwald, Jennifer Williams Miller, uh, Suzanne Winans. Sheldon. Jennifer Winans Miller. What did I say? Williams. Oh, Jennifer Williams Miller. Winans. Okay. okay. Well, why do you keep saying Williams? Jennifer Winans. Thank you. Miller. Jesus, Lord. Skip Fayou, Callie Jones, um, Brandy Deese, Norma DiMaggio, Karen Alden, Angie L, Amber Trevino, the lovely Carla Nelson, Jessica Winchester, she just is a new one, and Nita Darden, I believe is new, Nancy Weller, um, let's see, we got the Colonel squad up here, Angie Ball, even though she's going to crush me, she told me the other day, why, step, tread lightly, little man. Uh, nice. Wise. Sarah Samosa, Mimosa Spaghetti, Jennifer Burdick, 
Karen Barnes. You just slaughter people's names and it just doesn't matter. Um, they know who they are. Oh. Janet Fitzgerald, Frances Doughton, Jess Williams, Jessica Williams, Amanda Bocciball, Shannon Rossett, of course, Tiffany Bell, Monica D'Agostino. Very nice. Um, Angela Cobes, Radika Smith. I wonder how Radika, I haven't heard from her for a while. I know, Radika, give us, uh, uh, say something on the page. We haven't heard from you for a while. I hope everything is, I think she liked something the other day, so. Liz Keating, um, the official mascot of Team Colonel, Lovely Fallon Holloway. Yes, Lovely Fallon from Texas. From Texas. Um, Nicola, of course, my trusted solicitor. And Ali, my batshit crazy enforcer, who um, is pretty certain she's going to be married to... Um, Prince William. Prince, Prince William. Harry. You know what we're going to do? In July, we're going to have a... We're going to get a tiara for Ali. Very good. We're going to make her a princess. Do you have any more? Of course. We got Lady Beverly. Mm-hmm. Lady Beverly. Who? Thank you, Lady Beverly, for the Christmas card. It was very it was sweet wonderful. You. Thank you very much. Yes, it was. And lovely Dottie Scott. Thank you, Mom. Uh, Brandy, where can people find us? Uh, they can find us on Facebook. Yeah, join our, our our group on Facebook. It's History Dweeves, the podcast. All the folks we give shout-outs to here are part of that group, and we interact. It's a, We have a lot of fun. So join us as History Dweeves, the podcast page. Uh, you can find us on uh, iTunes iTunes, please leave us a positive review if you can. That would be lovely. We had a very nice review uh, just recently, uh, and uh, we so we want to thank uh, the person who did that. Said that we uh, keep we keep them laughing, and we always love to hear that. So thank you very much, Karen Alden, for your kind remarks. Uh, so it it helps people find us when we get reviews. So if you're listening to us on iTunes. Please subscribe and leave us a review. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter. Yeah, at History Dweebs One. You can follow us on Twitter. If you want to follow the Colonel, it's Hawk Waters. That's H A W K W A L T E R S at Hawk Waters. Yes, and then uh, Stitcher and Libsyn. Yes, uh, you can Stitcher or any of the podcast apps. You can find us. And if you want to get our uh, full inventory of podcast um, you can check uh, go to lipson.com it's l-i-b-s-y-n.com and just search history dweebs and you'll find a category of all of our uh, podcasts itunes only i think only goes back for a year or so so we have, there's two years of podcasts out there for your listening enjoyment anything else brandy we get out of here no thank you thank you everybody for listening and uh, thank you, everyone, and we'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Good day. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.